handle the truth. So as we wait on Mr. Demetrius tonight, he is delayed himself as well. It's been a hectic day for all of us. Um, let me go ahead and just give our introductions. So good evening. Welcome back to Thursday Night Get Right. This is Thomas Freeme, my co-host Demetrius Knuckles Eel. Hopefully he'll be joining us shortly. We are set out to discuss and continue the discussion from last week about uh, Tyree Nichols, the body cams, and more importantly, our police culture in America. Let me get rid of... So, uh, before I get started, let me give... Uh, first off, let me give my thanks um, to all my listeners, subscribers for tuning in and listening to the shows on, on The Rebound and, and such. And... Uh, I pray that everybody is safe tonight. Everybody is safe, sound, in a in a safe location, and fed. Give me one second why I'm doing a million things at once. So let me get... Out of the way. Okay. Um, please visit www cominghomecoalition.com visit the fundraiser that we have got that we've got going on there project start fresh um read the story on Eddie he's our first participant beneficiary of project start fresh and uh see what see his story see what we got going on we have Tampa Bay Ray tickets that we're raffling off here coming at the end of March and uh that is something that you can go sign up for at that website by going to www.cominghomecoalition.com, Project Start Fresh. Going, scrolling down, you'll see where it says register now. You can hit that button, go there, register for a chance to win Tampa Bay Ray tickets. And it is all to help Eddie become self-sufficient from homelessness. So we, we take one individual from the street and we bring them into self-sufficiency, you know, by just getting them what they need and, and, and such. And, and uh, we got Eddie a job. Eddie's getting ready to start start work here soon. And that's just what we're doing one, one at a time. There's so many organizations that have so many programs for these individuals. Um, but hardly any hardly any organizations are doing just one at a time. We're just taking one person at a time. And making sure that that person becomes self-sufficient. So please check that out. www.cominghomecoalition.com You can connect at the, the top of my YouTube at the channel up there. There's a link for you to connect to on that as well. So, continuing on the conversation from last week with, with Demetrius and I. You know... Uh, uh, Saturday, my Saturday night show was breaking down the the body cam footage, and really a lot of my message, especially on TikTok, but a lot of my message to to the American people is how crime is created in these poor neighborhoods, right? And and I get a lot of feedback on that. Of course, I get a lot of argument on that. Um, but but. God rest his soul, Tyree Nichols, in, in that in that tragedy, exposed a lot of truth. This was a video that we had from start to finish of our police culture. And with that being said, my message when it comes to how crime is being created is let's let's look at it this way. Let me give you an example like this. If Mr. Mr. Young Tyree Nichols happened to to have survived that encounter, and there were no cameras, right? There were no cameras, anything, because all of this stuff is new. But there were no cameras, and Mr. Tyree happened to survive that encounter. Tyree Nichols would be sitting in the county jail right now, with 15 charges on him, looking at 20 years, 30 years. 
with a bond of probably $50,000, $60,000 right now. And what ends up happening is this, this Tyree, right, in another life that happened to survive, and there happened to be no cameras, this Tyree that's now sitting in county jail, 29 years old, um, family has no money, no money to, to, to bond out at, at no $60,000, $80,000, dollars bond. He's sitting in there with charges of aggravated assault against the Leo, fleeing and eluding. You had one officer trying to say that he that Tyree was trying to grab his gun. You know, so all of these are charges. Everything that that cop was saying, all those cops were saying are charges. And that's what they were doing in that body cam video at the end of the assault. The murder of Tyree was coming up with their story on how to protect themselves. Now, the the important thing about that is this is just not five individuals. This is a culture. That Scorpion unit, right, that stands for, I got this foolishness written down somewhere. Street Crimes Operation to Restore Peace in Our Neighborhood. This is what this Scorpion Tactical Unit stands for up there in Memphis, Tennessee. And all, all cities have these tactical units with these code names. You know, here in Tampa, they, they had Vice, you know, and then you got like the movie Bad Boys. You know, that's all these cliche names is represents these tactical forces, these cops who sacrifice their lives going into these hot zones, these war zones, these neighborhoods that are just so dangerous and 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 so violent that they could they could walk out or or not. You know, each day their their life is just on the line. And that is the image that they have portrayed to the American public. So what that image has done to us, for instance, is, again, a lot of the feedback that I get on TikTok, a lot of the feedback that I get on, on you know, all these, all these social media sites when it comes to Tyree Nichols is, I get it. He, 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 why didn't he just lay down? Why didn't he, why was he resisting? Why, why did he run? And my response to that is, the only reason why you're asking these questions is because you were hearing you were hearing those cops saying stop resisting roll over you were hearing these cops give these orders but he wasn't resisting if you ignore what the cops were saying and just look at the individual on the ground right he wasn't resisting he was scared he was trying to see what was going on because the situation did not match with his actions. This kid was not doing anything or has he done anything to receive that type of reaction from the police. And this is why he was confused. He had no idea what was going on. And see, a lot of Americans that are making these comments about this and trying to justify the police for this, right, are people who have never been in any kind of skirmish. And if they've been in any kind of skirmish, it was with one person in high school, maybe college, something like that. But they've never been in a skirmish to where they were in fear of their life. And I guarantee that they've never been in a skirmish with four or five people who have ripped you out of your car and have you down on the ground. Right. So they're making these comments of why didn't he just do this or why did he run? Under the, under the perception of calmness. This is somebody that's sitting on their couch, not being affected by what's going on, but has a comment about it because they're in a calm nature. They've, they don't have anything to relate to that type of panic. They've never been in fear of their life because they've been protected their whole lives. This is, this is what these entitled Americans don't understand is they think that this peace that, that we have is what life is. 
They've never really been in any situations where they weren't protected by 911 or anything of that nature, you know, but yet they have comments. So, yeah, when you're being assaulted by five people and you have no idea what's going on, you know what I mean? Like if I shot somebody or I stabbed somebody or I robbed a bank or raped somebody or done something to that extent, I would I would I would expect that type of reaction. I would know that at any possible moment at any light or anything like that, cops are going to be rushing me. They're looking for me. That was not going through Tyree's mind because he knew that he did not do anything. Now, getting off into it, right? And I haven't been able to confirm. I'm sure most people have heard by now the rumors circulating the extent of the, the personableness of that event that night. Um, to me, it looked very personal. To me, it looked very, very personal. And why it looked personal is because these, these weren't your typical cops. These weren't your typical out-of-control overraged cops because even they have a line that they stop at you know for the most part this was personal to some extent to these officers right now whether it was one officer the group of officers or whatever but this was personal for for somebody for a human being to hold another human being knowing that he's handcuffed and hitting him with the haymakers that that one human being, he was hitting him with anger and hate. He was hitting him with every ounce of his fabric that he had in him. He was trying to hurt that person. And then he shined a light on him and took a, a picture of him. So I tend to believe the rumors. I tend to believe the speculation that, again, there's more to the story. Right when I like I always say, whether in prison, on the street, anything like that, when people are getting stabbed, beat to death, uh, things to that type of extent, there's more to the story. There's more to the story, because any any out of rage cop, there was five of them, or equaling at least a thousand pounds, but yet they could not subdue little Tyree because they weren't trying. To apprehend him, they were trying to get him to buck. They were trying. They were beating him, trying to get him to resist and buck, so they could beat him more. To me, that's just what I saw in the video. But moving a little bit from the video and getting into our police culture, more specifically, hold on. I think I think B might be ready. Let me bring him in. I'm bringing in. There he goes here. Good. I can hear you now. Good. Good evening, brother. Yeah, good evening, man. How you doing? What's going on? Oh, man, I was just on the phone, man. One second. One second. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to call you back, Nick. All right. I'm on the podcast. All right. This is live. <laughs> That's what this is, live. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm great, man. Uh... uh <clears throat> Last week, I uh, I said that I had was feeling under the weather. I was under the weather. I lost my voice for like three days. Mm. And, uh, it's still kind of out right now. But other than that, man, uh, I took all my COVID tests, uh, flu tests, and uh, uh, strep throat, whatever that, that test is called, and all of it came back negative. But that was great. And uh, the only thing wasn't great this week is just seeing uh, this Cherry Nichols stuff on the news and how it's just plastered and those officers and 
and the department and how swiftly they moved to uh to not just not just fire and charge but to totally humiliate and go against the boys in blue the black boys in blue so that was humiliating that was a slap in in, in minority space right there because as much as we wanted action to be taken we didn't want it to be such a contrast between the white officers that we asked to be fired that we asked to be uh discharged that we asked to be charged we didn't want the disparity to be so blatantly obvious the racist the racist system to step in so blatantly like they did hey Hey, but that's the system we live in. But that's what's been on my mind. So, so, yeah, the five blacks were arrested. The white person has not been arrested, but yet they went in. They did. They did fire him, I believe. This was the white person who was who holding from from the get. I was like, well, how come he's not arrested? You know what I mean? He's the one that was in the body cam, and he was the one who was holding the billy club, lining up on a shot. You know what I mean? So, so, question. Right now, if me and you are in the street, and I got a bat swing, threatening to hit you upside the head like this, because we'd have been, we at it. And I'm, that's called assault, ain't it? Okay, but, but the white guy hasn't been arrested yet. When you hit me, that's actually called, that's battery. That's assault and battery. So right. Assault, assault is simply uh, if if I shot a gun and it, and the bullet didn't hit you, but it went past you, and I was shooting at you. That's called assault. Mm-hmm. If the bullet hits you, it's called depending on where it hits you, attempted murder or uh, uh, assault. So here's the police. You got five five black guys who who commenced the beat on this guy, beating him to death intentionally. And you got the white guy who's teeing up his head, but he couldn't get a good shot to swing it. And he don't get charged. Huh. Why? You're coming through a little, a little muffled. Is it, <laughs> is it still muffled now? No, that's clear now, yeah. Okay, yeah, 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 okay. So as as I as I was leading in coming into um you know the show I was speaking on you know the police culture you know on Saturday night show I don't know cuz I know I know you're extremely busy and I, and got everything going on but I don't know if you caught it but I broke down the body cam footage and broke it down and explained exactly because this is my message right my message and 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 for me the blessing in in this young man's life that um that I can find out of it and take advantage of it and try to memorialize it is that it, this this video ripped off the blanket of our police culture right Ooh, and showing exactly how Crime is created. People give me so much feedback when I say this, but this is a video where crime was created, right? And and what I was saying, D, right, was in in another in another parallel life somewhere, right? There's a Tyree Nichols who survived, right? And that Tyree Nichols, there were no body cam videos. There was oh. no cameras. And now this Tyree Nichols is sitting in a county jail with about 15 charges against him, right? Looking at probably about 20 years and I'm probably, I don't know, 60 to $80,000 bond. Uh, right. And, and this is what I mean about when crime is created. Now, when we're getting into, when we're getting into who this unit was, this Scorpion unit, which stands for Street Crimes Operation to Restore Peace in Our Neighborhood. This is what this Scorpion is. Again, this is all propaganda. So this Scorpion unit is a unit 
that was built to patrol, quote unquote, high crime areas. Where are high crime areas at, D? Lower income neighborhoods. Poor communities. Every city has them, right? So, and every city has these task units. And what I'm sitting here trying to tell you and people like me are trying to tell in America is that these are the type of officials that run these, 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 these units. They're gangs. They're thugs. Right. And they are in the neighborhood coming at us aggressively the way that we saw them go at Tyree, stacking up charges against that individual that may or may not even exist, because as we saw in that body cam footage, they were sitting there saying, uh, uh, oh, he tried to grab my gun. He yeah. hit me in the face. All of these are charges. And and the video, but I mean, to your point, to your point, you got the Tyree Nichols who survived the, the, the murder, but is buried underneath the charges. Now, you got that guy. Imagine this. If nobody caught this on camera, right? And now every charge that you just said would have been cast against him in defense of them killing him. He tried to grab my gun. Now, the chief of police going to say they acted according to protocol because he tried to grab his gun. Uh, he elbowed me in my throat to dislodge me when we was trying to restrain him. You, you're justified in restraining him now. He kept on trying to get up off the ground and twisting and turning like he had something in his pocket. And we did find the knife that we put on him. Another chart. So imagine, I mean, and, and, and I hate to say it this way, but everything happens for a reason. Mm. And those five officers, the fact that they was black, they needed to be black. Because that was the message that needed to be sent. That remember, I told you last week. I said the police don't care about what what, the, what your skin tone is. If if you was hanging with me and we commit a crime together, because they're gonna say you should have never did it. You are already right. supposed to be privileged. Mm -hmm. Well, in this situation, the black guys thought that they had the same privilege, mm. and they just found out they did. And the system. Told the people, this is what we do to people who think that they have a privilege, but they don't. We punish them thoroughly in front of everybody because we will not tolerate this by them. So, going back to the initial point is that, <coughs> excuse me, going back to the initial point. That this needed to be seen this way because now we're looking at how the system actually operates and how charges are actually cast. Because, listen, man, you have too many people in prison right now that I personally walked the yard with who said, I have a homeboy in prison right now. He went back to prison for 35 to 70 years. And I talked to him on the phone recently. He's a straight up gangster quote. But he said, Meech, he said, man, they framed me, dog. He said, he said, now you know, if I did anything that they said, he said, if anything, I would have killed some of them. You know me. He said, Meech, they framed me. He said, they set me up, they trumped up some charges on me, all type of stuff. And, and why do I believe that? Because I'm going to tell you a story, a real short, brief story about this guy named Demetrius, who was really the only light-skinned guy in this neighborhood, and he was a drug dealer, and he had most of the guys in this neighborhood selling drugs for him, and police would pull him over in his cars. He was young with a lot of cars and everything else, and they would pull him over, arrest him, tear up his cars, take his money sometime. They just let him go or send him downtown. He pay his bond. He get out. He get caught up. Use an alias name. Get out again. Same thing. Repeat itself. His name kept coming up in a lot of different shootings around the neighborhood and stuff like that. But they could never put it on him. 
until one day a murder happened right down the street. And uh, Demetrius was had strip throat. Ain't that something? He had strip throat like the Demetrius that I know today. <laughs> Except this Demetrius couldn't talk at all either. And he had an abscess on his throat. And he was in the bed with his girlfriend this night, June 24th, 1990. And police came to the house, woke him, woke him and his girlfriend up and asked him, did, did he know about a shooting? He said, no. He said, no, I don't know about a shooting. What are you talking about? They said, so you wasn't up, up the street at the club uh, a few hours ago? Said, no, could have been me. So they left. Seven hours later, came back, arrested Demetrius for murder. Demetrius beat two lineups, got out. Seven months later, another shooting happened at that place, and Demetrius' name came up in it. Instead of arresting Demetrius for the shooting that took place at that club that they knew they couldn't get him on, that his name came up in, they looked back at the murder of the security guard at the club because it was a greater charge. And now they built their case around getting Demetrius off the street because they had just rumored on the street that they were going to get Demetrius off the street by any means. So, this is what they told the residents of the neighborhood. Everybody know this. This is not me saying this. Everybody told me this. Police said they're going to get you off the streets by any means, Demetrius. So, I get downtown. I, I, know, I, ain't, I know I ain't killed a security guard. They say, they say, we got your cousin who said he was with you when you killed the guy. Wow. Wow. They really started making me think, well, was I drunk? And I really didn't drink? Okay, I must have took some acid, and I didn't take acid, but some psychotropic drug, and I didn't take that either. Said your cousin. The next day they said, we got your cousin and your friends. It's like, wow. Why would they just be lying like this? I mean, we know why they lie now, because when you get your head beat in enough, you'll say whatever they want you to say. And they framed me with first-degree murder. And they framed me with evidence that that is all automatically believable. So all the witnesses that was in the lineup that didn't identify me the day after the murder, once they found out, oh, his cousin said he was with him, that removed all doubt in their mind. So now, although I may have looked like the guy, but I really wasn't the guy to them, now, oh yeah, that's the guy. Because now they heard that his cousin and his friends said they was the two with him. So when the police want you, they get you. And in Tyree Nichols' case, they was already cooking up on the story to tell, and it reminds me of training day. When Ice Cube, when uh, Dr. Granham went in that house, they killed the guy. Denzel Washington killed the guy. His and partner. They, they was getting a story together. Yeah. Getting a story together, right? Right on the spot of the murder. Let me quarterback this thing. Let me quarterback this thing. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> that's that's what we dealing with. It's Tyree Nichols is is like the uh Tyree Nichols, we're not taking nothing away from this, the murder of him. We sent we sent uh, special prayers out to his family and loved ones in that community and all communities that's affected by this type of stuff, which is all communities. We sent special prayers out to them. But we're talking about how we even get to a dead Tyree Nick Tyree Nichols, but how we get to that alive Tyree Nichols that's serving a hundred years in prison. We're trying to prevent this now because we can't bring Ty Tyree back. We can't do that. But we can highlight and spotlight the fact that the police was already cooking up on charges. So we can be prepared and more vigilant. And prosecutors can be more vigilant when it comes to us saying that I didn't do it. I swear I didn't do it. I wasn't there. I didn't have them drugs on me. I only had two rocks of cocaine on me. I ain't had no fentanyl, no heroin. No, I had two rocks of cocaine. But yet they charged me with an ounce of co uh, uh, raw cocaine, some heroin, and some fentanyl. Because they want to say we got a fentanyl dealer off the street. Because fentanyl is the number one killer on the street right now. That's right. It brings ratings. Come on, ratings man. brings money. Come on, man. Well, so let's get into specifically these cops a little bit, right? So, 
over the last week, there's a lot of speculation. I've been trying to track down, and a lot of it is is mum. And I know uh, Reverend Al Sharpton was at spoke at Tyree's funeral, and within that, he spoke a little bit to these speculations and said that it's all untrue. I I don't believe it. I don't believe that it's it's not that it's that it's untrue. I believe that this was more than what we saw. And I believe that this was personal. And I believe that these individual cops um, used a lot of their personableness to to take out, will use their uniform to, to, you know, as a vendetta in sense, right? If they had a problem with somebody, they used the power of their uniform to make sure that that problem went away. And specifically with this, this uh, Demetrius Haley, um, there's a lot of speculation that Tyree was dating his ex-wife and mother of his child. And that when he slung Tyree up against the car, shone the light on him, which we see in the video, he takes a photo with his cell phone of Tyree. And sh- shortly after that, he's texting somebody. Now, the speculation is, is that he sent that photo to... to to the girl. So we could possibly be looking at first degree murder charges as as a planned attack. They knew who they was going to get. I mean, listen, it's too it's not it's not a coincidence that Tyree was someone who messed around with the officers. The very officer who took who took a picture of him, who ended up texting, this very officer messed with his ex-wife and who had, he has a child by. I mean, listen, man. They can say he the passion, he the passion is spur of the moment. He the passion don't have to be in that very moment, but he the pa- we know what he the passion is. It don't take five guys to execute some he the passion. It takes five guys to execute a plan. Mm-hmm. A plan that, that's, that's what I was saying before you came on was, you know, I've seen aggressive cops my whole life and five aggressive cops that uh, was intently just really trying to arrest Tyree, stack up charges, whatever. I mean, you had almost a thousand pounds on top of Tyree when he was on the ground. If those five officers were really trying to apprehend him it would have that that would have been the end of it that that in that moment they yeah. were trying to beat him and yeah. and they were trying to get him to to attack back so that they could beat him more and it escalated into what it is but they had him apprehended on the ground several times so their intention was was not to bring him to jail that night i don't think no it wasn't it was taken to the morgue or the hospital had a medical exam i think I honestly see, first of all, we know, we know that officers know just from the footage of every other murder that didn't happen, whether it was the police on a civilian, innocent person, guilty person, or whether it was civilian on civilian, we know how deadly blows and kicks can be when it's constantly executed on the face and head. Hmm. We know this is common sense because put it this way. If you went out there and you got into it with somebody for whatever reason, whether they provoked it or you provoked it, whatever, and you got the ups to the point to where you just keep beating him, beating on his head and stumping his head to the ground and stumping his head to the ground and he died. That's first degree murder. Because they're going to say, you already had him on the ground. You could have left at that moment. But you kept on beating him, beating him, stomping his head to the ground. To the point to where you didn't care what happened to him at that point. Even when he was seen lifeless, you were still stomping. Until he was actually lifeless. And that's why you should be charged with first degree murder. 
And and they were actually, you even heard the one officer sitting there on the camera. Man, I was hitting them with haymakers, man. I was hitting them with haymakers. And you see exactly what he's talking about. The one where they all have Tyree standing up and he walks around the back of him, grabs him with his left hand, and he's just hitting him with his right hand right in his face to solidify what it is that you're saying. You know what I mean? This is a this is a big man. This is a cop. And this is this is a tactical unit cop. So these dudes train hard. They're strong. They're built like linebackers. You know what I mean? These are big dudes. These are big dudes. So how 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 do how how should this be handled? Like for me, every case, every case that this cop, all five of those cops. For me, it's every cop that was on that scene that night, on the original scene, every one of them, right? Every one of them for me. But they all need their jackets reviewed. Their their case file needs to be audited and gone through. Because I guarantee there there are people coming out now saying how this officer beat me in in the Department of Corrections. And another individual's coming out talking about how he beat him as a cop, aggressed him as a cop. Look, man, it's it's impossible. They cannot get away from reviewing their files. They cannot get away from reviewing those cases that those... It happened in Michigan, even though in Michigan, the Wayne County prosecutor didn't care. But they had brought up certain officers' names, and they sent it in the prison system saying, if you was investigated by Sergeant Charles Braxton at Homicide Section, please contact us. If you was uh, uh, arrested or your case was handled by Ronald Sanders, Sergeant Ronald Sanders of Homicide, contact us. And a lot of people contacted him. They didn't care, though, right? And that was just for news purposes. That's right. Well, right now, it's a, it's a man dead. It's video of these men cooking up and conspiring to, to, to frame this man, if he was to live, or in defense of killing him. They was concocting evidence to frame that man, a dead man or a live man. They whole file need to be audited because you can believe that just like you said before, it's some it's some alive Kyrie Nichols sitting in those cells who who live and, and then you're going to find some cases of some beatings too. Guys that came in with black eyes and probably broke arms fractured ribs, who said, officer so-and-so and officer so-and-so and them jumped on me, and the chief didn't believe none of that stuff because they put in a file that he was being aggressive, he was uh, being assaultive, all type of stuff. And that, and that is my whole point, is that we have scorpion units in every city patrolling every uh, quote-unquote high-crime area. Here in Tampa, they're called vice. You know what I mean? So it's we have these aggressive individuals and training day. Listen, people, these people that are coming up with these movie ideas, they're getting them from somewhere. You know what I mean? They're getting them from somewhere. Training day is what we see with these tactical units like this. This is real life stuff. And we have these these people who are coming in. They're they're finding out first and foremost, a lot of times these are individuals who may have even grown up in that neighborhood or around it. So they know a lot of who the who the the dope boys are, who, you know, they know who is who these individuals from my own eyes will come into the hood and jack those dope boys, take all their dope and then turn around and go to another city and sell it. However much they find You know what I mean? If they're if they find ten thousand dollars, they're only turning in five thousand dollars, just like in training day. My goal when I was arrested, when them federal agents came in and took me out of my home and took me from my home to the operations center that they had. When I was in my operations center, they come up, took out my earrings, took off my chain, my bracelets, my rings. Right. Put them in bags. By the time I got to the jail, I asked where my property was at. What do you think they told me? What property? What property? Nothing came with you. They didn't send anything. <laughs> this is what they do. This is how these people, this is how, this is how these people live 
in these big houses making all the money that they do on the side, you know. But this goes on in every city. These cops running up on individuals aggressive like because when you have a high crime area, this is why they're titled high crime areas because there it's a zone within the inner structure of poor communities. So you have your uber poor communities, right? And these uber poor communities are are usually 99% of the time wardened off as high crime areas. And what that does, legally speaking, is one, it gives the whole police force a whole different funding, uh, 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 I guess, a uh, method. Like they can they can get their own funding by by starting these scorpion units, right? These tactical units, they get funding for that. They get militarized grade weapons that they're bringing into the communities. They roll through like like you know, militia style, gang style people. And they come with this aggressive manner and fashion. Nine, nine days out of, out of seven, right? These people are coming at you aggressive. They're throwing you up against the wall. They're patting you down. They're sticking a gun in your face. They're doing all of these things to agitate because as soon as you do anything to protect your rights, you're going to jail. Plain and simple, and let the judge sort it out. But you're sitting in jail on a high, on a high bond with jacked up charges. Uh, I know so many people, man. I know so many people, man, that have told me, and I've read their cases because I studied law for 25 years. Nice to help guys out. I've read so many cases and know so many guys who are not guilty of the crimes that they committed, or they did commit the crime, uh, a crime, but they was charged with so many that they say, man, I never, that ain't me, man. And it's just, it, it, it's like, it's murder. It's murder. That's what it is. Psychological murder, man. When they charge your people like that and the prosecutors, have a responsibility at this point to audit every the file of every officer involved in Terry Nichols's case. I mean, uh, Tyree Nichols's case. They have a duty to the people to audit every single file because you can believe there's families out there who's been trying to contact the prosecutor's office for years that they love one has been incarcerated to say that officer so and so did something wrong in this case, he framed me. Or a witness who came forward and said, officer so-and-so told me to say X, Y, and Z. All of this stuff is about to come out and the prosecutor right now has a duty to open up cases right now before his job or her job be on the line. Yeah. I mean, we, you know, we, a, a lot has to change, man. You know, and it's, it's, it's happened to me, you know, anybody, anybody, any person, any person that has, has had an altercation of any sort with an officer or the judicial system has left that altercation with a bad taste in their mouth. You know what I mean? We fear the police. When police get behind us, there's there's no comfort. You know, we're, we, we, we're, we're so scared to communicate with them because of, of what uh, could possibly um, come out of that. You know, it, it's, it's um, I, I don't know, you know. I, I just don't know how, how we fix it. First and foremost, we have to defund these people. We have to start taking away some of these privileges that they're taking advantage of. You know, we have to we have to start letting them know that there's repercussions for their actions. You know, I don't see any type of integrity in the police unit anymore. I don't see any type of integrity in the uniform and what it truly represents anymore. I just see it as a control device and and I see it as as manipulation. It's it's like in the video. You know, a lot on TikTok, I, you know, I get a lot of feedback of, 
why was he resisting? He shouldn't have resisted and he shouldn't have ran. And what I'm trying to get people to understand is the only reason why you think that he's resisting is because it's trained in your brain to listen to what the police say. So in that video, all you're hearing is the cops say, stop resisting, stop yeah. resisting. So you're questioning, why is he resisting? Because you're hearing the cops say, stop resisting. But they're if you're hearing him say. They're not hearing him say, I'm not resisting. I'm not resisting. I'm on the ground. You know what I mean? So this is my point is mute the video. Add no sound to the video and just watch it for what it is. And you will see that this kid was scared. He was on the ground. And as I was explaining before you came on, 99% of Americans have never been in a scuffle like that. Hardly anybody's really even been in a fight. But nobody's been in a scuffle hardly where you have five people got you pinned on the ground and you have no idea what's going on, you know. And here is Tyree sitting in this car, right, knowing in his mind, in his mind, he has done nothing to be aggressed by the police the way that he was. So he's not in that frame of mind. If I had robbed a bank, shot somebody, raped somebody or whatever, in my mind, I'm expecting to be aggressed by the police like that. Right. Tyree wasn't. And when he was aggressed by the police like that, he has no idea. His mind is trying to just process why he's being aggressed this way. You see what I'm saying? And this is what people don't understand because they're not under the pressure of having five men on top of you beating the hell out of you. You're sitting on your couch making this opinion. Right. And you've never been in a skirmish like that where your life is instantly like every hair on your body is standing on end telling you like you're about to die, son. You better do something. Mm -hmm. Tyree, when he looked up at the police, the fear that was in his eyes when he looked up was just exactly that. I need to do these motherfuckers about to kill me. I need to do something. Absolutely. And he got up and ran. He knew that he was five minutes from the house. And, and, you know, man, just imagine, man. I mean, you getting pulled over and the thought that races through your mind because we know the history of the police pulling us over. The fear is already there. You know, even right now, I'm legal and I still be like this when I see the police. I'm still looking through the rear view. And I still cut on my phone. And, and, and it's the crazy thing. I still cut on my phone and record as if they really gonna care about this recording if it if it ever showed them killing me. As if the as if the police really gonna care about this. They take that and break it up, throw it in the trash, do whatever they gotta do with it, right? Because they just that blatantly corrupt. And so, but you know. When, when people, because I see, I seen the uh, TikTok questioning and your response, but people say why he, why was he resisting? And I was really gonna have a, a TikTok response to that type, that question, mm -hmm. because they say why was he running and why was he resisting? I say, I say, well maybe he knew that it's five police. And that big guy right there, that's my girlfriend's ex-boyfriend. Mm. And they they kill people anyway. So they got every reason to kill me now. I'm trying to get home. I'm not running somewhere else. I'm running home. I'm five minutes away. Matter of fact, I think they live so close that his mother could hear him calling her name or crying, crying out, Mama, Mama. And so... The question shouldn't be, why was he resisting? The question should be, why wasn't he resisting? Because he had every reason to believe that his life was in a, a, a total danger. This was his girlfriend's ex-boyfriend, who obviously has anger issues, and he's with two, uh, four other goons, thugs, uh, uh, thugs with badges on. So why was he resisting? Why was he, why did he run? Because he didn't want to die. 
he, he had a better chance of running and living, even if he got shot in the back, making it home to his mama's house and dying in front of his mama's house or being rescued by his mother than to die on the street. So it's not a matter of doing something, running because you did something wrong. We run out of fear. You know, we run out of fear. We resist not because we're trying to hurt anybody, but because we're trying to block a punch to our forehead. We're trying to block a kick to our face. And those people at home that don't understand, never been in those situations, I'd have been in situations where the police kicked and kicked and battered and stuck my head to the concrete, black both of my eyes, fractured my ribs. Both my jaws was just, my whole head was swole like I had elephantitis because mm. they was relentless in their attack on me. So I have flashbacks every time I see the police. But it ain't the type of flashback that you may think. I have flashbacks of, of getbacks. But because I'm who I am today and I know that they're going to get theirs, I sit back and let them get theirs and laugh. So for those people who always talking about somebody is uh, resisting, understand what resistance is. That means that I'm trying not to be arrested. I'm trying to get your hands up off me when you're trying to make a lawful arrest. I'm trying to get your hands up off me when you're trying to make a lawful arrest. When you're trying to beat and batter and maim and possibly kill me, you're supposed to do everything in your power to prevent that from happening. That's not called resistance. That's called defending yourself. That's 100% correct. I'm trying to find because I know there was just another police shooting where they killed oh, yeah, somebody, uh, a white dude, I think, right? Yeah. So my, my thing is this, right? I don't think, and it's not to say that it hasn't happened, but I don't think that I've ever seen on the news national attention of cops uh, dragging or beating a white dude to death in the middle of a community road at eight o'clock in the evening. Right. So it always goes back to, again, the race thing. And this is what, why this one is, is so, so stunning because this time it's officers. And in my Saturday night show, it was like, how come we don't see this? How, how what would have been, let me ask you this, D what would have been, then we have a, a a question from the crowd. I want to I want to get to, but what would have been America's response if we would have witnessed these five black officers beat some twenty nine year old uh, college kid, white kid, to death? Some a young attorney, white kid, that they drug out of the car and beat him to death like that. What would the what would the public's response have been? How how would the nation respond to that? They would have stormed the White House if they didn't get a chance to kill those officers. That's how, that's literally how deep this is. That, you know, the system, the system, it was a slap in our face to where they fire, uh, fired and charged them that quick. That was a slap to our face. That, that definitely would have happened automatically. I mean, the videotape, how they try to hit, hold the videotape like they always do, it would have been released right away. Every news station would have jumped on it. Even Fox News would have jumped on it. Fox News would have told them officers down. They ain't tearing these officers down, though, but they would have, they would have, they would have torn them down had it been a white victim. And that, that's, just, that's just the way of the world right now, man. Uh, the way of America, that's the American way anyway. So, you know. See, I, but I, I see I it. I, I I see it differently only because we know that cops are killing white people, but we don't see it on a national attention like when black people are being killed by the police. Why? It's kinda, because it's kind of like somebody once got mad because they say, I don't I don't like this black lives matter because they talk about black lives matter as if white lives don't matter. No, 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 no. They're all lives matter, but we're not talking about white lives right now. We're talking about the lives that's being murdered on the streets every day by white by white cops. Now, mm -hmm. that's why where the Black Lives Matter movement was born at. 
So that doesn't mean white lives don't matter. That doesn't mean that white people are not being killed by police. That doesn't mean that. But we're talking about the hot topic is the fact that white police are killing unarmed black men, sometimes little kids like Ayanna Jones, who they killed in, uh, I think, 2012-13, killed her. And then Tamir got to Rice. Tamir Rice was 13. And they tried to make up a story by, about Ayanna Jones said a grandmother pushed the police. They tried to make up that story. That didn't pan out. Jeffrey Figer poked holes in all of their story. So that's why it's so publicized about uh, the, the killings of innocent black people. And it's not so publicized about the killing of white individuals because we're not saying that it don't happen because we know it happened. We know it's not being publicized. But the reason why the black killings are being publicized is because it's usually stemmed from racism. A black guy, a black or white officer killing a white guy is usually not stemming from racism. It's because they just corrupt. A white guy kill a black person is usually stemmed from racism because they corrupt. It's the mm. difference. So do you th do you think that by them, if they were if they were the show continuously police killing white people, that their funding wouldn't be so great as it is now? Do you think that it's more acceptable to see black people being killed by America, uh, by police for America than it is to see white people being killed by police? Yeah, it's widely accepted. It's very wide, widely accepted. Because and in a sense, it's almost like it's a, it's almost like they're doing their job. Because yeah, I don't I, I I don't hear the same justification. I don't hear the same justification on the officer sense when white people are killed by officers than black people. When when black people are killed by officers, it's well he was resisting. He he probably done he had to have done something wrong. But when white people are killed by that, it's it's well, it, you know, the system's corrupt or we have bad officers or, or you know, a few bad apples or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> they, they fashion a story. They fashion a story. To keep intact the integrity of the white person that they kill and the police department. They fashion a story to keep the integrity of both sides together. Because they know that these white officers know that they got to go back to that same white community. They don't have to do that because they ain't got to come back to the minority community. See, because if they go back to the minority community, you know, house might not house might not be there by the time they get off work tonight. You know, so they know that. And so the story, the dialogue, the conversation has to be totally different when it comes to minorities they gonna say the minority was he had he had a crime record it, it ain't had nothing to do with what happened today by them killing this guy that he had a criminal record but he had a criminal record he resisted uh our officers did what they were trained to do uh now they're protecting the officers primarily and they're dehumanizing the victim hmm. whereas in the other case they try to it's all about psychology. Mm -hmm. They use psychology on the white community to say that, shoot, we did have a couple bad apples in the, in the department and we, we got them out. We got them out. And unfortunately, you know, this shouldn't have happened to the guy. He didn't deserve this. And they'll go all out to say all this to keep their, keep their connection to that community intact. Keep that intact. They're not concerned about that with a minority community, man, because they don't live in minority communities. Well, partner, um, I, I, I really want to get into the discussion of why. Maybe we can cover that next week. But but that's that's a topic as to why, because like 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 last week, I really want to get into the victimization you know, because when we say these things, we're, we're told that we're victimizing, stop victimizing ourselves. And, you know, it's victimization and it's, it's, 
you know, uh, how we perceive things and it's not so much. And so I, I definitely agree that there is an extent of victimization coming out of the poor community. I was one of them before I started realizing to stop making excuses for myself or whatnot and, and, and start doing. But however, that doesn't change the fact that what, what people are saying isn't true. So where we, you know, we have to figure out where that fine line is and where the responsibility of the poor community is to, to, to kind of step up and our police culture, you know, because we can't have a police culture in America with such a, a, a divide, a chasm with the community that it, it's supposed to be protecting. You know what I mean? We have to do away with these high crime areas. We have to do away with these zonings and these tactical units and all of this stuff. But these are discussions for, for another week, partner. But I appreciate you coming on, man. I'm glad that um I'm glad you ain't had none of that funny stuff. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, right. Everything's That's all right. Good. Yeah. I shall be here. I but, shall um, be here. Great I want to I, I, I want to link up with you sometime for real, man, and work on trying to get some guests on here. It's time that we start bringing some guests on. You know, I'm 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 doing Temujin tomorrow. I got Temujin from three to five. You want to be on with that? Three to five. That's is that a Friday? No, I got a, I got a meeting at three o'clock. Okay. Tomorrow, Friday. I got a meeting at three o'clock. Uh, yeah, I'll be having a lot of meetings too because hmm. a lot of things about to happen in Michigan in the next uh, ninety days. Well, we're on the groundwork for a lot of things to happen in the next ninety days, and so I, so I, I'm in a lot of those particular meetings uh, involving criminal justice reform and getting guys out of prison, seeing guys and females walk out of prison. We got three females get out of prison on the 14th of next month. I'll be mm. right there at the prison to see them coming out, and uh, amen. So it's a lot of things. Yes, yeah, so I'll be in meetings, but. Most mornings are good for me, man, except Monday and Thursday. Most mornings are good for me. Okay. You know, I'll keep that I'm in usually, mind. I'm usually sitting right here on the couch, maybe on my, one of my computers or something. That's it. But afternoons, when it get around 2, 3, 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock, I'll be usually busy doing, doing some other business. I'll keep that in mind. I, before we go, I had a question from the crowd, and I forgot to get back to it, but... Um, I'm missing Vat Harvey. She asked, "Is there a statute of limitations for this?" I'm, I'm guessing that she's talking about the the crime with the the officers. Um, if the case is 20, 30 years old, will they still be able to prosecute? There is no statute of limitation for murder. That's right. And and does that fall for all degrees of murder, including manslaughter? Uh, first of all. It's, if if somebody got a manslaughter case, then they didn't already been charged. They'd already been charged with manslaughter. So if somebody dead and we and we think that they killed the guy, then and they haven't been charged, it's up to the prosecutor now to determine the degree of the charge. True. But if they already but if they already got manslaughter, that means they already charged. True. So. So I I guess okay. All right. That is true. And I misspoke on that. And I guess in a sense, what I'm what I'm trying to, to determine is, is that, like you say, the level of the murder. So if if the prosecutor determines that it was accidental death and it's 20 years old. Do they is there a statute of limitations on that versus we know that even if they find if the prosecutor comes and finds that the individual was murdered there's no statute of limitations they can always charge for murder 100 years later well no they could always go back because say for instance me and you was together and and we made a mistake and killed our friend 20 years ago right and it was always we was it was always uh suspected that we killed this guy right and we said nope 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 and they find evidence that we actually killed him, right? Mm -hmm. But we killed him by mistake. They can still come charge us because we still committed a homicide. Mm -hmm. That's what it's called, a homicide. Mm -hmm. We killed someone. Now, again, it would be manslaughter once if we found 
guilt, guilty because we said, no, we didn't do it on purpose. And the reason why we didn't report it, because we were scared. We were young. Mm -hmm. But it's still a crime that must be punished. That's right. Oh, she was saying she was she was speaking to uh, what we were saying earlier about going in and auditing their case files. If they were to go and audit their case, their jackets, if they were fi able to you know, find murder in their past or anything like that. Yes. So anything they go back, anything, right, any, anything and everything. But more importantly, it's getting those individuals out of prison that shouldn't be there. That's the whole purpose of auditing their, their past, not specifically about punishing them or charging them, but getting those individuals out that should not be there due to these unprofessional thug cops. Absolutely. But Absolutely. thank you for joining, man. Great show. We'll be back Thursday night. You want to plug anybody? Absolutely. We're going to plug uh, Michigan Liberation. That's, that's the greatest ground troops in Michigan the, the fastest growing and the strongest grassroots organization in the state of Michigan right now for criminal justice reform. Uh, we're going to plug Nation Outside. They're doing some wonderful work in Michigan. They got a lot of ground troops as well. We're going to plug the Great Minds Project 5.0, which I am the founder of. Uh, we're doing a lot of great work for the end of school to prison pipeline in the state of Michigan right now. We're going to plug in every organization in the state of Michigan and throughout the United States that's putting in that work to see criminal justice reform a reality. Amen. True work. Yeah, absolutely. No question. Thank you for that. And as I said at the top of the show, please visit www.cominghomecoalition.com. Project Start Fresh. Check out Eddie's story. Um, we have a raffle going to help Eddie becomes self-sufficient. That raffle can win you two Tampa Bay tickets, Tampa Bay Rays tickets to the upcoming season. So with that being said, we are out to next week. Stay blessed and much love. One. Please get, get with me week, week, week mornings. We out.